Thank you for listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This episode is a sermon preached by Reverend Nikki Passante on March 5th, 2023, the second Sunday in the season of Lent. It's based on John chapter 3, and in this sermon, Nikki talks a little bit about people's capacity for change and also how evil thrives in the darkness and needs to be brought into the light. We think you're going to enjoy this episode. Stay tuned. gospel dominated by ethereal forces pitted one against another 
the word tells us that Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, comes to the light of the world under cover of night. We're introduced to Nicodemus abruptly, told little, only that he's a Pharisee and a ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin. Maybe he's sent as an envoy from the clerics to find information, looking hospitable and gracious, but really has his surgical senses protracted so he can carry any bit of information back to his coven to be picked apart for something. But I find it more likely that Nicodemus is really curious about Jesus and can't afford for this interest to be on public display. What do people say? What if his Jewish brothers and sisters see him crossing party lines? It would be an implicit acknowledgement that the authority of the Sanhedrin has been assumed by a woodworker from Nazareth. So, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, and Nicodemus comes to Jesus sideways. As Max Lucado, who wrote, flattery is merely fancy dishonesty. And we see that principle here at play. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs unless God is with him. There's no question asked by Nicodemus here. And then proceeding modern death psychology by 2,000 years, Jesus goes above Nicodemus' passivity, addressing and assessing the root of the matter, no matter the matter at hand. You have got to be born again. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. You must be born of the Spirit. Right now, congregation, I want you to drop all the luggage that you associate with being a born-again Christian. Put it in the overhead compartment. Put it in the choir robing room. Drop it. We are not going to classify people into I'm a born-again Christian and I've been a Presbyterian my whole life. We're not going to do that anymore. The language of theology is not a language of straight reporting. We don't read for information. We read for inspiration. It's more like the language of music that the congregation appreciates and loves so much. Music capitulates. It has themes. At times it has soloists. Just as a concerto has movements, so does the word. Music has expression that goes far beyond the notes on the page. The word has expression far beyond the black ink on the white page. It expands and inspires. It speaks a language that is too deep for words. I get weary when people tell me they are not a Bible person. Yes, you are. Friends, you don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. When Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, and when he speaks to us, it is from an elevated perspective. Let me give you an example. I'm going to be gone this week. Marco and I are going to Manhattan. We're celebrating our anniversary. Yay! Our wedding anniversary is the 15th, the Ides of March. Thank God we're not Romans or Senators. I digress. <laughs> When you walk out the door of the Empire State Building, what's the first thing you see? This isn't a trick question. What do you see when you walk out of any tall building? Somebody yells something out. What's that? Rooftops? Traffic? You see the side of a building? You see people? Right? We see brick and mortar. Friends, the Holy Trinity has the expansive view from the top of the Empire State Building and can see for miles. Can see northern New Jersey. 
Jesus is calling Nicodemus to rise up and meet him in the heights of divine logic in the language of the Spirit. Truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Change your heart, change your lives, change your perspective. The surprising and imaginative illustration of rebirth comes out of nowhere. And it's what sustains the text. It's surprising because it's irrational and physically we can't do that. The invitation is nonsensical. Nicodemus gives voice to that. How can someone be born again? Am I literally to be stuffed back into my mother's womb? How can these things be? Jesus gets rich with sarcasm. Are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Are you a pastor and you do not know these things? Are you a member for 30 years and you don't know these things? We can say this a few different ways. In other words, the Pharisees knew the scriptures inside and out, but that doesn't make them followers of Christ. You can know the scriptures all you like, but are you heeding the Holy Spirit? Just because you stand in the garage doesn't make you a car. And there it is. There it is, church. The moment of critique. A question that forces introspection. Self-assessment. And from the Christ himself. A moment of offense if one chooses to take such comments personally. Or a new birth if you let the spirit blow where it wishes. You've got to be born again. Change your heart. Change your lives. Change your perspective. Every single one of us here today and online can afford to do a little bit of cleanup work inside. <laughs> Me too. In page 20 of the Sailboat Church that we are reading, as this church is re-envisioning who it is, Joan Gray writes, The teaching of the Holy Spirit is not just about ideas and concepts. The Spirit leads us into new patterns of behavior and new ways to make decisions. Under the influence of the teaching spirit, we learn to be different and to do things differently. In the words of the second Helvetic Confession, God help me if I get this wrong, it is when the Holy Spirit equips us to do the good of our own accord. Following Christ exists somewhere within the language of rebirth. And with that, just as suddenly as Nicodemus appears, he disappears back into the night from whence he came. It's what we call a failure of nerve. This is a title of a book that Edwin Friedman wrote. Friedman served as both a pulpit rabbi for 25 years and as a therapist and in the Lyndon Johnson administration. He also wrote the book we studied, studied last year in adult ed called Friedman's Fables. He writes that leaders and congregations fail not because they lack information or skill or technique, but because they lack the nerve and presence to stand firm and lack the nerve to make changes. Why? Why is this? In a great phrase from interim ministry, some leaders and churches don't like the accountability of clear measures. Bringing things into the light, stepping out of the shadows, it means accountability, and it means responsibility. We don't want our worked philosophies challenged, our denials stripped away, our false narratives proved for what they are, which are lies. I have 
the privilege of having way too many conversations and visits with people over the past two weeks, and there was a common theme in every single visit I had, and I share this with you, church. This is a moment of introspection. There are people in this congregation who are trapped in the stories that have been told about them from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, a year ago. I was telling Marvin, I used to have a phrase, when people show you who they are, believe them. But when people change, let them. Folks, people are not the same people they were 20 years ago. The church is not the same church it was 50 years ago. People change. Let them. But we don't like introspection. We prefer to stay silent. Perhaps when Jesus has spoken to you, you too have shrunk back in the dark, afraid to speak out because of polarized divisions or a need to keep the peace. Here's your PSA. If you stay silent to keep the peace, you're going to start a war within yourself. When you don't bring stuff out into the light, it manifests all sorts of other things. I'm about to start a Lenten book study for all of you who are up from 2 to 4 a.m. We're going to meet at the manse. (laughs) I'm up. Secrets and lies fester in the dark. And so does shame. When we bring our actions and our words out into the light, they are allowed to be healed and corrected. I mean, the ultimate example, if you want to get real, about a failure of nerve is found in the archetypal character of Pontius Pilate. Go and read in your spare time this extended scene. I think it's in chapter 18 of John. And pay attention to the action. If you do, you'll read. The Pilate is physically pulled back and forth between the demands of the crowd and of Jesus seven times. He's back and forth, back and forth, waffling, can't make a decision, pulled back and forth. We know how history remembers that man. There's a phrase that hung on my wall my entire childhood, and it was a poster my sister hung, and it said, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And with that, Nicodemus walks away silent, not really sure, preferring to keep his view from the cocoon between what crawls and what flies. We don't hear from him again. Oh, wait, yes, we do. We'll see him later from the side when he intercedes with Jesus briefly with the other Pharisees in chapter 7. And then in chapter 19, when he brings spices in the dark to bury the crucified and dead Jesus, where he's explicitly identified as the one who came to Jesus by night. Why is this story here? Why is this story here? A few years ago, I watched a former girlfriend go through a lot of drama and trauma in her religious community. The senior pastor had had multiple affairs with women in the church, had broken up at least three marriages. No one said a word about it. Why would they? church had a $2 million budget. senior was a dynamic preacher, charismatic, brought teachers from all over the country. No one wanted to give that up. A few years later, the DCE was in the office.
office on Friday, and on Sunday it was cleared out. She had moved out over the weekend. The church, the community, never saw the DCE again, her husband or their three sons. My friend served on the session at the time. And she would visit the former DCE regularly, and their children would play together. Okay. A year after that, there were issues of assault in the congregation. Another DCE left abruptly. No one said anything. My girlfriend was still serving on the session. She calls me in tears, wondering why this is happening. I said to her, go read this story on Nicodemus. Let it settle with you. I have not heard from her since. You've got to be born again. You're going to have to make a decision, change your heart, change your lives, change your perspective. Know your calling. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Find your voice. Step out of the shadows. You don't have to punch people in the stomach over it, but you don't need to cower in the darkness either. May you be so strengthened and inspired. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.